And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is The Athletic's Dedicated Blue Jackets podcast, Aaron Portsline, with you on a Thursday afternoon. I can't believe it's Thursday already. This week has gone entirely too fast. A little overcast. Uh, you'd have to struggle to feel hockey season in the air just yet, but we're getting there. It should be uh, readily available on or apparent on Saturday when the high is 57 degrees. We're getting there, folks. Um, much to discuss. The Blue Jackets have some big decisions to make. The roster's got to be set. Uh, let me check this, but I believe it is Monday at 5 p.m. Um, it won't take me long here to find this. Uh, either way, the, the time is is ticking. And the um, the Blue Jackets have, I think it's been an interesting camp. I think it's been an effective camp, the kind of camp that they needed. Um but I'm not sure that there have been clear answers yet. Monday, 5 p.m., opening day rosters are set. So big decisions uh, between now and then. Do they keep Yerichek? Uh, which other, what forwards do they keep? Do they put players on waivers or is con- are contractual matters the determinant here if, if everything else is close? Uh, you can set the conversation that's the beauty of this live room uh join me with you with a text or by stepping up on stage and we'll bring you in for a uh for a a conversation uh verbally i gotta say the uh last week i think was the first week that the on stage worked without a flaw and i'm not sure if that is a glitch that's been ironed out of the system if the people who tend to call in uh, have uh, gotten more sort of up to speed with how it works. It, it can be a little confusing. Um, 
but it worked great. So let's hope for more luck on that uh, front this week. The uh, story posted today about the three Blue Jackets players with with shoulder injuries from last year. Uh, Zach Wierenski, Jake Bean, Justin Danforth, all working their way back, still feeling the after effects of it. Um, it was interesting because you'd think with the four and a half month break in a typical off season, that's a lot of time to to sort of lose your feel for things. And guys always talk about how difficult the first week of camp is, but these guys who have been out for 10, 11 months, they're really fighting through it. And Morensky was really uh, interesting. I thought with his comments about the things that he is struggling with to get through this and the agreement they have with, Pascal Vincent to play them um, in a lot of preseason games, more than veteran players typically would. So Wierenski played in his fourth game last night. He's going to play five out of seven games. The Blue Jackets played tonight against Washington at home. It, it's not a star-studded roster, but it is a, a lineup that is studded with question marks and curiosities. It feels like this is the last best chance for some of these guys to make it to state their case before they head on to uh, Cleveland, to their junior clubs, or to parts unknown. Um, we can talk about all of these things uh, and, and whatever you want. So uh, by all means, step in, step to the stage, throw some questions on into the te- text field. We'll start with the text field because we've got a bunch of those first. Um, uh, first of all, James V., could you go back and finish your question? If you did, okay, I, I see that you did, never mind. Uh, I'll get to yours in a second. We're going to start at the top so I don't lose my my uh, place. Uh, Barrick N. says, hey, AP, I haven't heard much about Kent Johnson this preseason. What is your take on how the camp has gone for this future NHL superstar? Well, I think he's had a decent camp. Um, I spoke to him a few days ago. He he ended last season, this is incredible, at 168 pounds. Um, he's now into the upper 70, upper 170. So that's that's going to help him. He's never going to be a big guy, but he needed to get a little bit stronger. I think he's done that. Uh, he's had a decent camp. I don't think he's been, you know, in, out of out of this world necessarily. But I'm, I, I, I think he's been fine. The other part is these guys, the top, the lines have moved around so much with uh, Liney starting on the wing, moving to center. Uh, they really have not had regular line mates. I get the sense, honestly, that the start of this season is going to be pretty choppy. Not just because players are learning a new system, they're learning a new coach, but roles are still such a long way from being settled here. Um, I think there's a lot of talent on this team. I do think the future is bright. I don't think that's going to be readily apparent maybe for the first month and a half, two months of the season. I think there'll be some nights where they look look really impressive. Uh, but I think there's a lot of growing pains to go through here because they're so young. Um, Joe P, so that was from Barrick. Joe P says, it's been a few weeks now since the Babcock incident. Do you have a sense on if there are any remaining any uh, remaining drama? Does Pascal Vincent seem to have the respect of the players? You know what he he does, and and we're writing a story for uh, next week. I am um, just telling people who uh, Pascal Vincent is. The players know who he is. Uh, he's not new to them as a guy who's been here the last couple of years. He's a really impressive guy. I don't know what you've picked up from listening to his interviews. Um, it's pretty clear that a a very important person to him in his coaching career is Paul Maurice. And his 
his post-game comments are a lot like Paul Maurice's, where you, you never know for sure what he's going to say because he's going to answer you honestly. But it's going to be a very uh, thorough, developed, and interesting question. I, and that's not why the players respect him. I don't think they care about their post-game comments. They they like him because he's authentic. And I think that's the one thing that really comes through with Pascal Vincent. I'm not sure. I don't think anybody can say who is going to make a great coach in the NHL. He's never, he hasn't done it as the head coach before, not in the NHL. I think he's going to be really successful, but I think it's probably wise uh, to sit, to, um, to wait and see. And so, um, yeah, that's how I'd answer that. I think, I think Pascal has handled this about as well as anybody could. And, uh, I think he's the man for the job. I understand. I think I've said this before. I understand why they felt they needed a veteran coach when they made the hire. I, not that I understood Babcock necessarily, but I understood why they felt they needed a veteran coach. It felt to be where that team was. It was such a lost, uh, aimless dressing room. And so I got it. Not that I didn't think Pascal Vincent could be a coach. But I felt like a veteran coach made a lot of sense. Somebody that could bring order, had a track record, you could a bankable personality. La Violette to me would have been really good. Um, now where they're at, now given what has transpired, I think maybe Vincent is the is the guy they need for this time. But like uh, anything else, uh, we shall see. Uh, James V says, "I am concerned about goaltending." James, I think you speak for many. Uh, what kind of package do you think it would take to get Connor Hellebuck from Winnipeg with an extension? Um, great question. I'm sure there's an idea of what Hellebuck would take from Winnipeg because that's been discussed so extensively. Um, yeah, the Blue Jackets situation is murky at best. I mean, Merzlikens is healthy but has not been – Great. I think that's it's it's kind of unfair to judge goalies in the preseason, but some of those saves you'd like to to see him make. Uh, clearly, one last night he wanted to make. Um, so that is, you know, Elvis is obviously a concern until he proves otherwise. Daniel Tarasov is a concern because he can't stay healthy. We've not seen him yet in training camp. That is a real concern. The Blue Jackets claim Spencer Martin on waivers. Um, so I think there is your your one-two tandem at the start of the season. I don't see, uh, you know, a way where Tarasov is ready uh, on Thursday if he hasn't even skated yet. So the other thing that is interesting about this is now Tarasov, clearly they can have an injury designation and send him to Cleveland on a rehab assignment. No, no uh, waivers needed for a rehab assignment. If he stays beyond his rehab assignment, they'd have to pass him through waivers, and I don't think they think that would happen. Um, so it's gonna. The season is most likely going to start with the Blue Jackets goaltending, not as they had envisioned. But you know, this can still be fine if if Elvis is ready to go, and you know, we'll wait and see on that. You'd hope that the defensive play in front of him, not just the defense but the forwards as well, should be better this year. That he should see different shots. Uh, God help us, because an 876 save percentage is is conducive to the top three picks in the NHL draft, not uh, a team that's ready to take a step closer to making the playoffs. 
Uh, Logan A says, uh, Monsters season ticket holder here. Feel like I've got a good of a chance at a long playoff run as I have since the CBJ affiliation. Am I correct in that possibility? Uh, it's a great question. And I, th- I think, I think the Monsters are going to be really good this year. Let's see what Monday 501 looks like because the Blue Jackets, and there's going to be a flood of players on, on the waiver wire Sunday. There are always are. Uh, before roster set, the Blue Jackets might even get uh, a head start and do that Saturday. Something to look for. Uh, so let's see who clears. If if the Blue Jackets get really fortunate and all of those guys who need to clear clear, then Cleveland's getting some really good players. I'll caution you though. You look at the AHL, and it is a different kind of league. It's not. I'm not sure you want to. I think they're going to be a really good team. The Monsters. But I think there are going to be other teams with a lot of veteran proven AHL guys on it that should be considered as real threats in the AHL. It's a different kind of league. The, the Blue Jackets are going to have probably more prospects or more young players with their AHL team than a lot of others. Um, but who knows what that's going to look like as a team. I think their goaltending is good with Jack Greaves and Kion and perhaps Martin if he clears. I think the forwards are deep and talented. There's going to be some guys you're used to seeing in Cleveland that may have to be in and out of the lineup or may need to go to the East Coast League, uh, be assigned to some team there if they can find a spot um, to create a playing time for them because there's going to be too many bodies if everybody. So Cleveland is Cleveland's a very interesting team this year. And between you and me, I'm I'm hoping to make I always say this, but I think this year is the year you take maybe more trips up there uh than normal because they, they've got a lot of interesting stories up there. To me, the really interesting one now is Yurichek. Because I do think he's looked like a top certainly a top six defenseman uh on this team, the Blue Jackets. And so if you're doling out roster spots based only on uh you know, how good their camp was and what they look like. I think he makes it easy for me to say, cause I don't have to risk losing three guys on waivers. So, and the other question I think you have to ask yourself is, does he need to be a top six defenseman to make the blue jackets? Or does he need to be a top four defenseman? And what I mean is, does he need to be playing 18 to 22 minutes a night to make it make sense? Or if he's only going to get 12, 14 minutes a night on the third pair, should he go to Cleveland and just continue to eat time and continue to develop? Um, these are all questions. A reminder, if you want to ask a question uh, with your voice personally, no nerves here, no nerves, uh, step to the stage, if you would. Uh, we'll continue working through the uh, text messages. We're going to go for about 45 minutes today. Uh, Dale B. says there are some potentially tradable assets in guys like Bokefist and Peak that may not make the opening night lineup. What happens with players like that in that scenario? So both of those guys are uh, established enough that they need waivers. So, you know, potentially, I'm just going to use your example, Dale. If Boakfist and Peak do not make the opening lineup, there's a potential that this team could carry eight for eight defensemen. So it'd be 13 forwards, eight defensemen, and two goalies. That's, there's, it's possible. 
and that they could hang on to them as seven and eights and sort of work them in um, back-to-backs, you know, when the games pick up, when they want a different look, yada, yada. Uh, you know, the classic seven, eight guys. Um, or they could, I don't, I don't get the sense that they would do that with Bokefist or Bokefist for sure. Cause I think there's still a lot of value there. I don't think you put him on waivers cause he's gone peak. They might try to sneak through and send him to Cleveland. I don't know. Um, but there's a ton of questions like that at forward as well. Sillinger, Bemstrom, um, Sillinger does not need waivers, but Bemstrom does. Foodie does. Um, Blankenberg is in that position too on the back end. He does not need waivers. But he could go to Cleveland. Um, so there's a lot of drama to, to play out uh, here over the next uh, 72 hours or so. Um, yeah, so just to answer your question, Bokefister Pete could stay here on the roster seven, eight guys. If they do want to send him to Cleveland, that would have to, they'd have to go through waivers. Um, or they could make a trade. And trades are kind of difficult right now. Yarmo has been trying. Um, but the league is so jammed up financially with salary cap space that it's not easy to make those deals. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Um, Maxwell R. says, It's safe to say that Cole Stillinger had a sophomore slump last season. What steps has the organization taken to ensure that he continues on his development path and doesn't stagnate? Well, the, the organization's taken some steps. Um, it's up to the player, of course, to to take the most of those. Cole worked with a, a skate coach again this summer. He's done that in the past. I think the, the desire is to get quicker. Um, I'm not sure what happened between 18 and 19 with his ability to move as quickly as he did, um, but trying to regain that. Um, one interesting note is I've, I heard when he was 18, he lived with a host family here. Last year, he did not. Now, I don't know if he's superstitious or not, but I've heard he's moving. He's decided to live with the host family again. Um, hey, if it works, stick with it. He's also changed numbers, although that was not a, a um, what's the word? Not a uh, superstition. He just wanted number four. Um, yeah, so I, I, I can't see what the organization has done other than give him every chance in training camp to prove that he belongs. Uh, I think he's been okay. I think it's also worth noting that we, when this started, maybe I think the first one we did two weeks ago, we said someone at center, somebody who thinks they're a center is going to have to move to the wing because you've got Fantilli joining the ranks. You've got Baronkov joining the ranks. 
You've got Liney moving from left wing to the middle. You've got Karali back. You've got Roslevic back. You've got Jenner that can play in the middle. So pretty jammed up. And Voronkov has started on the wing, so no dramas there. But in the last two preseason games, Jack Roslevic, he's been with the Blue Jackets. He's played on the wing. And in the last game, Cole Sillinger, who has made it very clear that he sees himself as a centerman, not a winger, but he was playing wing last night against Buffalo. So this is the, the, that's where it seems to be going at this point, that the centers on this team are uh, Line, Jenner, Fantilli, and Corrali. Uh Not a bad one through four if, if Patrick Line can, can hold down the number one job especially defensively. Um, so I hope that answers your question, Maxwell. Uh, Scott M says, will Yarmo be looking towards any more UFA goalies? Um, I don't know about UFA goalies. I, I think the, that market on that is well tapped. I think he may be looking at goalies available on the waiver wire or via trade that, um, you know, from a team that doesn't want to uh, expose a goalie on on waivers, so they'll trade somebody else. I went through and made a list of of these teams. There's several teams: Toronto, Calgary, Buffalo, uh, Montreal, who have three goalies in camp and are likely facing a tough decision uh, this weekend or early Monday um, to make it work or they're going to have to decide to keep three goalies. So Yarmo has clearly been in contact with those teams. They're clearly watching the waiver wire. And just a little insight into this. For the first month of the season, the waiver wire order, in other words, teams put their bids in uh, for players that are available that they want. And it's done in inverse order of the standings. So since the Blue Jackets finished with the second worst record last year, uh, they'll have the number, they have the number two pick on the waiver wire. And that doesn't change. I, I don't believe until November 1st. I think it's the first month of the season is all done by last year's standings. So the point is, unless Anaheim needs a goalie, they had the worst record. Columbus is going to get their dibs on goalies on the waiver wire. That's how they landed Spencer Martin. And Yarma was, was quite clear in that. They like Spencer Martin fine, but they're, they have been watching the wire and we're planning to watch the wire through this weekend. And they claimed Martin because they didn't want to let him pass, let somebody else claim him. They were sure somebody would. And then get to this weekend and have all of their expectations fall through. In other words, whatever teams they're watching, be it Calgary, Montreal, Toronto, uh, the, the, those teams decide to keep three goalies or they make a trade with somebody else and the move you thought you could anticipate by them uh, is no longer made. They could not have that happen. So Martin was the claim that also speaks to the concern level with Daniil Tarasov. Um, I think there's concern level with Elvis still too, but at least he's healthy. Tarasov, uh, who did not play necessarily well last year either, was in and out of the lineup just constantly and hasn't skated yet in training camp. So you got to be really careful with that. Um, but I don't think to answer your question, Scott, I don't think UFA goalies are an issue here. It's more 
goalies on on move from other teams who get the squeeze. Um, Austin H says, what are the chances that Yarmo makes a trade before the season starts? Very close to contract limit and what seems to be more than a full roster of players. So the, the roster limit now is not quite as tight as it was. There's been some guys that have gone back to junior. Uh, some more guys will go back to junior. And if you can't recall them, they don't count against your limit. So the, the Blue Jackets do, I think they're at 45 now, not 49. Um, so they're a little, they're, they've got some flexibility there. Um, I do think he's interested in making a trade, though, because he's got too many forwards who think that they're NHL, who they think are NHL forwards. I guess that's how I should say it. Um, so he's open for a trade. The problem is he has been open for a trade, and it hasn't happened. So either someone has to become more dependent, or he has to become less um choosy in what he gets for his trades. But if you just look at his Blue Jackets roster and how the pieces don't fit, it's pretty obvious that they need a trade right now to relieve the glut. That's both at forward and on defense. Now, the challenge here, of course, is to pick the right guys to move. The other challenge is if they're guys that you feel are expendable, chances are there aren't other teams in the NHL desperate to get them. So you should probably uh, temper your excitement about a, a trade package for some of these guys. Um, but it would be flexibility for the Blue Jackets. Uh, let's go to Rob H. And in a second, we're going to step over to the stage and bring in Carl P. So Carl, be ready. We'll, we'll come to you in a minute after this one. Um, Rob H. says, uh, with the seeming deluge of talent, defensemen, talented defensemen in the camp, how do you like Nick Blankenberg's chance to crack the lineup on opening night. Well, I'm a Blankenberg guy. I am. I, I like him a lot. I like this team with him in the lineup. Um, uh, put it this way. If Juracek makes the team, my sense is that Blankenberg doesn't. If Blankenberg, if Juracek doesn't, then my chance is that my sense is that Blankenberg has a much better chance. And, that's just simple math. And one of the one of the issues that Blankenberg faces right now is that he does not need waivers to go to Cleveland. And as unfair as that may seem, that is sometimes the roster decision maker. Yurchek can go to Cleveland too, although I don't think he I'm not sure he's keen on needing another year in the American Hockey League, and I'm not sure he looks like he needs one either. Um so Blankenberg to me is a 50-50 guy. I like him. I'd have him here. Um, but if you're keeping Wierenski, Severson, Provorov, good Branson's got a big deal, and you're a check, well, you've only got one more spot in the lineup. Um, so I like a Blankenberg, good Branson third pair. That means that that uh Peak, Boakvist. Others are squeezed out. Um, so there's tough decisions to make back there. But I, I like Blankenberg. I think Blank, I think this team is better with Blankenberg in the lineup. Uh, let's go to Carl P. Now Carl P. is waiting patiently on stage. Carl, you're on front and nationwide. Yeah, okay. So my question is about uh, Jordan Dumais. Um, I, I'm trying to – well. From what I've seen, I looked at a uh, a couple of matches he played, and uh, 
I felt he was really, really good and uh, was playing on Fantilli sometimes and really, really showed up, scored a couple goals. Uh, what do you think of his progress? And uh, I would like to know too, like, uh, do you think he could have a shot playing in the National Hockey League uh, even this year? Yeah, it's a great question, Carl. It's one that's been on the minds of many people. Thanks for the for the question. Um, he is a dynamic young player. He's also one of those guys that's in the middle of things where I think what the Blue Jackets might feel is best for his development would be to go to AHL Cleveland. But he's too young to go there. Now, there's been some talk of the Blue Jackets requesting a waiver. Um, I'll shoot a text off here and see if I can get an answer if that's been sent out or not. Um, but he's kind of in, a, in the middle of nowhere. He is most definitely a talented player. I think he's going to be an NHL player. I think he is driven to be an NHL player. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I think he is motivated by um, so many people questioning his size, his skating, all of these people who look at his game and find nothing but false rather than um, are awed by the skill level. He's taken another really big step forward from last year. I think he looks better than he did even at development camp, which was just a few months ago. Um, so they're very high on him. Look, he may have to go back to Halifax this year. I think that's the likely destination. It's not all lost if he does. He might have. He will have a chance to play for Canada at the World Juniors, which he barely missed last year. It would be a great experience for him. And as soon as Halifax's season is over, assuming it ends before the Blue Jackets does, uh, you could see him at the end of the season up here in Columbus for sure. I think they'd be very interested in doing that. But in terms of roster decisions, as good as he's been at camp, I'm not sure there's 12 players that you can say uh, deserve to not play because Dumay has been that good. He has been really good. But they've got a ton of players here, enough roster decisions that are difficult anyways. And he might just be an easy one to, to send him back to the queue. Um, but a very, very promising player and a great attitude. Um, and a player that a lot of guys in the room really, really have come to admire, even at a very young age. So uh, thanks for the question. Appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, Carl. And uh, we'll go now to uh, back to the text. Again, if you have a question, you want to step to the stage, by all means, do that. Um, our next question is from Scott M., who says, Who do you think is the most exciting player to watch this season on the Jackets? Fantilli, Marchenko? Um, that's a good question. I think there are going to be a ton of eyes on Fantilli. And I honestly... I've talked with a bunch of people around Fantilli in the last couple of days. I don't think Columbus really knows exactly what this is going to be like because um, I think I think Fantilli is a much more combative and aggressive player than we've seen so far, and I think that's going to rear its head when the regular season starts. And I think people are going to absolutely love that. Um, he's going to play a prominent role in Columbus. I think he's going to be a kid that a lot of um, <coughs> excuse me, a lot of kids are drawn to and a lot of parents are happy that their kids are drawn to because he's a great example in so many ways. Um, so yeah, I think, I think this is going to be the Fantilli show when the regular season starts. Nothing against Marchenko. 
Um, I think there's there's uh, there's going to be a lot of nights where he looks good and puts on a show, but but uh, I think Fantilli's going to have the puck a lot and be extremely noticeable, uh, even when he doesn't. So that's what I would say. I think Yurichek fits in that mold too. Um, my sense is that he's going to be here, if not at the start, he's going to be here more than people realize, and he's a he's a really interesting player. I think Texier is a guy. That will draw some wows, and I think Voronkov is is a, is going to get the crowd fired up more than once too with big hits and and net front battles. Um, Derek C says, speaking of CBJ monsters, are there any plans for an ECHL affiliate? Um, you know, I, I, Derek, I don't know. It's it's not this year. Honestly, it's probably more relevant than it's ever been because there may be some guys that they see as having future NHL potential that have to go to the coast um, because there's not enough room in Cleveland. That really, nothing against the Coast League, but that really is not typically the case. If anything, some teams have a goalie there to get playing time. Um, but it, I don't want to say it's a death sentence when forward, forwards and defensemen end up in the coast. But if, if you're not, if you're not of a talent level to make the AHL team, your NHL future is typically really, really in doubt. There have been exceptions, of course. Um, Danforth is an immediate exception. There have been others, many, many others. So, um, but that's kind of how it's been. I don't think it's a priority for them. I think they have places that they can send players who need playing time. Uh, but I haven't heard anything about them starting their own uh, East Coast League. Uh, hey, Porty, what's been your take on Roslovic this camp, and do you think there's potential for him to get moved? Um, is there potential for him to get moved? There is. I think he's been just okay at training camp. It's 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 pretty clear that the club sees a diminished role for him. Um, he's not been on the power play units. He's now playing on the wing. So I'm not sure where it goes with Roslovic. Obviously, one of the more skilled forwards. Um, obviously a player we, we know well, we've seen him. I think where line A is kind of going a different direction, I think, I think, uh, well, going one direction, that is up. I think Roslovic's kind of gone the other. And I wouldn't say he's been a disappointment of camp just because I think he's been okay. He's, he has scored. He's shown burst, but it's pretty clear that his role, uh, at least for now, has been diminished a bit. Um, so that's how I see it. Um, let's see. Carl P says, question, what does Jordan Dumay have to learn in the queue? Completely shattered the preseason tournament in recent games. Why wouldn't he play with the best to learn even more? Well, so here's what you got to think about, Carl. He, first of all, he can learn things in the queue. There are things he can work on. Like I said, he can go to the world juniors with Canada, which would be a great experience for him. Um, but I think the Blue Jackets have to be really careful. It's much better to give to overdevelop somebody than to give them too much too soon. And I'm not saying that the NHL would be too much too soon for Dumay because I, I guess I don't want to tell that kid he can't do anything given the way that he performs and is motivated. But uh, listen, I, I don't, I don't know that they think he's ready for full-time 82 games NHL. I think if anything, they'd like him to play in Cleveland, which they can't do unless they get a waiver. So sending him back to the queue is not, 
I know it may seem like it to him and others. It is not the end of the world. Um, he'll still be in the NHL at 20. But this is why, if you've ever wondered why top kids go to U.S. college programs instead of major junior, this is one of the reasons. Adam Fantilli went to Michigan instead of playing for Saginaw in the OHL. And one of the big decisions was he didn't want to be stuck. Um, if, if his development called for him to go to the American Hockey League, he didn't want to be stuck in juniors for uh, more years uh, than, than he needed because of their agreement. Now, it doesn't end up meaning to matter with Fantilli because he goes right to the NHL, as many thought he would. Um, but Dumay is in that spot. So is Matichuk, uh, Matichuk. Um, so, yeah, I don't mind them going back to junior. I don't mind. I, there's enough here in, in, the, in Columbus right now. Uh, there's talent here. They need to figure out what kind of talent they have. Let those guys continue to develop. It's all good. Um, Nick L says, do you think Jenner moves back to the wing at some point this season? Possible, although it was interesting to me that, that Voronkov goes directly there at the start and Rostovic and Sillinger move, but Jenner doesn't. I think the one thing that they, well, not the one thing, there's lots of things they love about Boone Jenner, but a big thing for Jenner is his ability on face-offs. He's a great face-off guy. Um, so I think he's set there. And I think with line A, Fantilli, Jenner, and Corrali, that gives you a really competitive uh, down the middle. And and I want to see what that looks like. I want that to stick together and see what it looks like. Um, why is Juracek not playing in the last two preseason games? Uh, this is from Joe S. Joe, I don't know that we can say that. I, he's gonna. My understanding is he's going to play Saturday in Washington. Now, that should be an indication to him perhaps a good indication to him because I feel like that's the team that's going to be a largely NHL team. He's not playing tonight. That's also an interesting indication because um, look at the roster tonight. This is the, this is the group of guys that need to make this team. This is the, uh, these are the bubble boys, lots of them. And your tech's not out there. So maybe the blue jackets are sort of playing their hand. Um, your test going to play Saturday in Washington. That's when the big boys are dressing. Um, o and A. I wonder what O and I wonder what A stands for. Says Emil Bemstrom, and he used the umlaut, so I'm I'm definitely answering this question. Emil Bemstrom has to make the team at this point, right? Oh well, um, Owen, it's a hell of a question. I mean, I just assume that Emil Bemstrom is always going to make the team until further notice because. He's been with us so long. Uh, I feel like we all know him personally. Listen, he's had a hell of a camp. He's at three, three, six plus two through four games. That's called stating your case. The interesting thing with Bemstrom is I feel like he stated his case before in preseason games or in games that I don't want to say don't matter, but haven't mattered. I think he makes the team. I think it'd be pretty cold to have a guy have a camp like this and tell him he didn't make it, but. They do have some tough decisions to make. I feel like Danforth makes the team too. And if that's the case, there's your 13. Huh. Because there are there are guys here that, that would seem uh, to be set. So, listen, it, there's going to be a lot of uh, really interesting decisions, I think, made over the next 
72 to 96 hours. That's one of them. But Emil Bemstrom has done everything he can uh, to state his case. All right, we're going to do one more from the chat room. Then we're going to go to William R. on stage. So, William, uh, stay tuned. You are, you are almost on the Front Nationwide podcast. Uh, Jonathan C. says, where do you see Silly fitting in? Seems weird to send him to the AHL after spending a while in the NHL. <coughs> Excuse me. So here's Sillinger moving to the wing um, for last night's game, to, or two nights ago's game, for me was um, an indication, uh, certainly that he's been beat out by the top four centers, at least now. I don't want to say beat out because it is training camp. But the fact that he's playing a position other than center I suggest they want to take a look at him elsewhere. If this team thinks that he's a center and he thinks he's a center and they really want him to drive that point home, then him going to Cleveland and playing center is a great idea. Um, I like Cole Sillinger. I think he's going to be a really good NHL player. I don't know that he looks demonstrably different in camp than he did last season. I think the Blue Jackets were probably hoping that he would come to camp and just awe them. He works hard. He is a battler. He empties the tank every night. But he doesn't look dramatically better than he did last season when he really, really struggled. So he doesn't need waivers. That makes it easier. He's not above the AHL. Nobody is. So it is a possibility. Um I'm sure it'd be tough for him to accept. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. But that's life as a pro sometimes, Jonathan. Um, and if it makes him better and he earns his way back, all the better. All right, let's go to William R. William, you are on stage. You're on Front Nationwide. Please go ahead. Hey, what's up, man? Uh, really appreciate you everything you do. You make following the jackets uh, a lot better because we get great insights. So thanks for everything well, you do. Appreciate it. Um, Thank you. I was kind of curious just around, you know, has anyone turned heads in camp that no one you know, really expected to or someone stuck out that kind of opened everyone's eyes to, oh, man, this kid might you know, be able to, to be a real NHL player someday? Um, I guess second part question, what's your favorite um, away city to, to travel to? All right, Wayne, thanks for the questions. Let me, let me start with the second one so I don't forget it. Um, the most beautiful city, I think, on the tour. Well. I mean, so they all there's several that have lots of charm and lots of great uh, aspects. New York City's a blast. I love going there for a couple of days. I couldn't live there, but I like to go there for a couple of days. 
going to Phoenix in the dead of winter, going to LA in the dead of winter, Anaheim. That's a nice break. Um, the Canadian cities are wonderful. Montreal is, is culturally spectacular. The most beautiful city, the, the city that I can't get enough of. And the, the one that the first time I went to, you, you, you just realize you're taking, you know, 70 photos on your phone is Vancouver. It's just breathtakingly beautiful. Um, everything about it, the whole, the vibe of the city, the landscape, the, the water, the, the, the mountains, beautiful. Stanley Park is incredible. So Vancouver is truly, and I got to get out more and see more of BC, but just Vancouver in and of itself is beautiful. If you ever get a chance, make sure you go to Vancouver and, and uh, BC, Western Canada. Um, as for the player that is like really wowed during training camp, um, I think it, it's mostly been the guys you would expect, the guys that you anticipated as NHL players eventually, Yurichek, Matejchuk, um, those guys. Fantilli's been really good. Um, you know, I think Alexander Texier has been, you, you wondered what he would be like coming back from Europe. I think he's been really good. Um, I still get the sense that this is going to be a choppy start here. Um, with so many guys, um, wrote about him today, coming back from injury, still feeling their way. So many young guys still trying to figure out where they fit in the NHL, a new coach, a new system. Um, the youngest team in the league still, you've got some, you may have a, a rookie on, on both ends, uh, Juracek and Fantilli, if they both make it. Um, so I get the sense there's going to be a feeling out. There really hasn't been, you know, like a camp tryout who was incredible. Um, so I, I, I guess that's how I'd answer it. The guys you expect to be good have looked good. But you remember uh, several years ago, Jeff Platt was a invite to Traverse City and looked amazing there. Got an invite to camp, looked amazing in camp, got a contract and fashioned himself a pretty good career, mostly in Russia. Uh, but there really hasn't been a Jeff Jeff Platt character this year. Um, thanks for the uh, question, w William. Thanks, man. Take it easy. Thank you. Uh, in a minute, we'll go to Jonathan R. Um, let's grab another text question. Uh, Rich R. says, can you give us your opening night lineup? Oh, my God, Rich. Um, yeah, I'd have to think on that. I'd have to think on that. I, I'm interested that Gaudreau's playing with line A. Uh, a lot because those guys didn't exactly jam last year, but you know what? Line A didn't play center much this year. I think line A has been really wrote this and I think he's lived up to it. I think there's a different line A in our midst right now. Um, so let me, um, yeah, I, it's a tough one to answer because there's just so many, so many roster spots. I'm not sure if I would keep Voronkov here or not. I might be tempted to put him in Cleveland to start. Um, I think his, his, his the pace of the game has been a bit much for him. I'm not sure if he gets better at that in Cleveland, though. He may need to sort that out up here. Um, yeah, I'm really intrigued with what they do, with especially at the bottom of the lineup. Um, with Eric Robinson, with Olivier, with Bemstrom, with Foodie, all of those guys. It's uh it's a uh strange strange but bunch of decisions to make there. Um Scott M real quick says, Are you a hot dog guy at nationwide? 
If not, what is your go-to food? Well, Scott, I am off uh, most bad food right now, given uh, health considerations. Um, I am typically a hot dog guy, though not at Nationwide. Uh, there is a media meal at Nationwide where the scouts and the Blue Jacket staffers and the media, TV, all everybody eats pregame. Um, so we're not uh, we're not you know going to the concession stand typically. So not a not an easy answer there. Um, yeah, so I'm kind of the wrong guy to ask there. I will say in the media room. I don't know how it's done, but the macaroni and cheese is incredible. So I'll leave you with that. Um, let's go to Jonathan R. Jonathan R., you are on Front and Nationwide. Go ahead. Uh, so so I just want to kind of have two quick things. Like the first, you know, it's kind of a bit of a thought. I, as far as like Jume uh, and, and the paycheck and stuff, like I know people are all excited about them, but I, I think that like those guys have to be so much better than the guys that would require waivers or trade. To, to make this roster that I just don't see how, right. Right. you know, even with as good as the take, I mean, I, to me, Matejic has been even more impressive than May for sure. Uh, both, both been great, but I, but I still just don't see how with the log jam you already have, how you make that worse with a guy who, who doesn't necessarily look like he's that much better than the other guys. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to ask about is Elvis. Uh, I was at the game last night, and my goodness, that backhand goal was a bit of a stinker by him. And he's yeah. yeah. You have moments where he looks good, and then he's have goals like that. I mean, I know his save percentage in the preseason is not good, and it's preseason. Goals get better generally, but um, still seems like there's a lot of cause for concern. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on on his play so far in the limited preseason capacity. Yeah. So yeah. First off, it has it's not been good. It's safe. Save percentage in the preseason is 872, so down from 876 last year. They're pretty consistent, unfortunately. Um, he, clearly, he did not like the backhand goal. Goalies will tell you that the reads off the backhand are more difficult than the forehand. For whatever reason, they have a harder time judging their release point. Um, but that's a save. Even by his own action, you can say uh, that he wanted to make. He was pretty upset with himself. Um, he has got to be better. Again, you know, I feel like we keep saying this about him. Yeah, but at some point he's got to get better. But it would be easier to judge him if all things in front of him were in a much more consistent and predictable uh, professional way. And you suspect they will be. But that, too, may take time. Like I've, I've talked about this idea that they may have a choppy start. That could be part of it. You know, the thing that I noticed and you noticed last year is Jet Greaves is playing in the preseason with sometimes worse lineups. He's got a 915 save percentage. So it's not like what we're seeing can't exist with a with good goaltending. It's not like it's been that bad that you just can't put up numbers. Greaves has. Elvis hasn't. Um, and that's kind of what we saw last year where Corpus Allo's numbers were pretty good. And if you considered what team he was playing with, damn good. Um, and dramatically better than Elvis's. So at some point, the goalie's got to be accountable for this. Um, but I don't want to rush to judgments in the preseason because we've learned many, many times that these games are 
really tough to draw conclusions from. Um, as to your first question about the rosters, it's absolutely true. Some GMs will acknowledge it, some won't. It's just easier. You can put Matejchuk, who's happy in Moose Jaw, send him back to Moose Jaw. Halifax is a wonderful city, lots of competition for Jordan Dumais. Go score 150, go win a gold with Team Canada. We'll see you in the springtime. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, now, if those players, this is Juracek, this is Matejchuk, if they are <coughs> not only among your top 12 defenders, Top twelve forwards, and top six, but they're re- they're ready to drive play and make you a better team. Then you make room for them, and they should stay. Um, but those are tough decisions to make, and GMs don't like to give away things for free. And they're they're loath to lose lose players on the waiver wire. Um, so all things that must be considered. Jonathan, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Um, William E. You are next on front of Nationwide. Then we'll get back to the chat room. William E., go ahead, please. Thanks. First of all, uh, appreciate your return to good health. Thank um, you, sir. What is – two questions. I haven't seen a lot of Olivier in the preseason. And mm-hmm. then what is a goal for our save percentage to that we could feel like we're a playoff team? Because I feel like we can score now, you know, with the talent we have. What would the goal save percentage that for perennial – playoff teams be yeah well you know every every team's made a little bit different if you don't score much your save percentage obviously has to be higher but it's hard for me to imagine a team i think probably nine ten is the team average that's that's desirable to get in i'm just spitballing here uh, it's got to be much better some teams allow more shots than others too so you know it's a matter of math as well um, but yeah, they, they've, they've got to get better defensively and that is Elvis, but that's also the defense and, and the forwards. It's everything. Um, you just hope that, that the start to the season goes in a way that confidence can, can be established and not, um, a challenge right from the start because it, it could, uh, it could be that way. Um, thanks for the, uh, for the question, William, I appreciate it. Thanks for the kind thoughts as well. Uh, Scott T says, what are your thoughts on Mark Recchi? So far, what have the players said so far about him? Well, very impressive. Uh, very interesting hire. I think the, the room was really uh, excited by it because this is a guy that, if, if you're any kind of hockey player, you respect the hell out of Mark Recchi. I've known Recchi. I've, I've sensed Recchi and Sillinger spending a lot of time together. Uh, perhaps even knowing each other before that he got here, but he's the guy that I think a lot of these guys are excited to work with. Um, so that's been all positive there. Uh, we're take a few more. Maxwell says the Jackets have usually had issues on the dot in recent years. What can the players do to improve? Are there face off specialists who coach this? Is it a film thing with practicing your teammates? Um, so Boone Jenner is really good at it. Corrali tends to be good at it. I suspect Fantilli will be great at it when he gets up and running in his career. He'll probably be pretty good at it from the start. So that's something that should be markedly better. Line is, you know, an interesting cat. He's a big dude, doesn't have a ton of experience in the faceoff dots, so there could be some nights where he struggles. Um, but I think they like having 
uh, multiple players who can take draws. Roslovic struggled again with it last year. Sillinger struggled at, at times last year. Um, so, it, you know, a lot of times it's youth. A lot of times it's experience. Um, the old guys know tricks. The old guys get away with stuff uh, on the dot. And Columbus isn't there yet, but they've got some guys now. Jenner's great at it. Corrali's good at it. That's why those guys get most of the defensive stuff draws. Uh, what is your music album of the year so far? Wow. Albums. Remember albums? This is from Nick L. Um, wow. So I don't know about an album this year. You know, an artist I've, I've uh, really started to to get into is a guy named Ian No N-O-E. Um, fascinating, fascinating songwriter, lyricist. Um, great voice. I don't know where these people come from. It's like he's he's from a different time. And he's here to add joy to our world. So thank you, Ian. No, Christopher A says, do you think the Jackets will seek AHL waivers for the uh, guys who are too young to go to, to the A? That's from Christopher A. And Chris, I started sending a text earlier in this chat, and I stopped because it's hard for me to text and talk at the same time. So give me uh, 10 seconds here, and I'll text somebody and see if I can get, can't get an answer in the next seven minutes on uh, this this topic. Hang on one second. Okay, sending. Okay, sent that. See if we get a, re a response. May not necessarily. Person could be listening. That'd be awesome. Um, let's see. Jordan J says we hear a lot about the attitude and outlook for the prospects and bubble players. But what sort of attitude do the roster locks bring to an NHL training camp? Any insight beyond their typical platitudes? Wow. Um, attitude and outlook. Well, I think, um, I mean, when you think of this team with the, the roster locks, I, I think this camp, um, has had more of an upbeat feel to it for two reasons. I think there is a desire by, um, many people here to move beyond last year, which was just an atrocious year so i think there's some energy there i think there is some cohesion frankly coming out of the babcock fiasco um the players pulled together the players uh, wishes were respected thank god or it could have been a real mutiny here um so i think there, that's been positive I think they want to make it work with Pascal Vincent. I think the players are invested in that. Um, and I think you can see that in the way they work. One thing that I've noticed, and I, I, I can't say that this is different from last camp, but it's different from last season. When that whistle blows at the end of practice, um, you sit there for 15 minutes and there's still 20 guys on the, on the sheet. Um, Still, you know, working with each other, shooting, taking face-offs. Um, yeah, guys that are, I think this team likes to be together. I think they're invested in making it work with, with Pascal Vincent. Um, so, okay, hang on. I got a response on the AHL Weber's question. Let me get some clarity because it was a little murky. Um, okay. Um, so yeah, I, it's, uh, I can't pretend to, to know the spirit and the attitude of all of the veterans, 
But I think collectively, it's been very, very positive, uh, overwhelmingly positive. Um, Zachary B says, I just got in, so maybe this was asked already with Martin. Now, do you expect Tarasov to start in Cleveland? Well, Zachary, uh, it's an interesting question because he could start in Cleveland. Uh, he can't be sent there directly without waivers, so we're not going to see that. But you could see um, him there on a on a rehab assignment, and I believe those are two weeks at a time. Um, so it is possible that Tarasov goes to Cleveland on a rehab assignment. Um, it is uh, listen at this point; he's got to get healthy first. We haven't even seen him, so their camp their season starts two days after the Blue Jackets does. At this point right now, if Tarasov came back, it would be a challenge to be ready for opening night. Um, so, uh, let's see. Joe S. says, if Elvis struggles to start the season, at what point do the Blue Jackets try to make a trade for a more established goalie? Any chance we would pursue Gibson or Hellebuck? Yeah, Joe, I think that is on the on the docket. I think those phone calls are made, but it's not easy to trade for goalies midseason. Not sure what the package would look like. Um, Colin D says, what do you think of Boakfist? Seems like he's on the outside looking in. I don't get that sense. Um, <laughs> but, uh, he's a right shot. He's a skilled guy. There's a market for him. I'm not sure where his spot is here in Columbus. Does he pair on the first or second pair? They've got him playing on the left side, which is not his comfort zone. So I can see your sense that he's in the outside in. Um, but there, there's a lot of murkiness on that back end other than, other than three or four guys. Um, and he's part of it. So hard to say. Um, let's see. Jonathan C says, let's bring Dubinsky back to coach the faceoffs. Let's just bring Dubinsky back, period. Um, Patrick D says, on the Cannon Fodder podcast, it was mentioned Yarmo tried unsuccessfully to move up to two and draft Carlson, not Fantilli. And that Yarmo had to be talked into Fantilli over Smith at three. Your thoughts? Uh, I don't. Yarmo did not try. Did not try to trade up to two. Um, I don't think that is. I, my sen- my reporting tells me that it is not accurate that he tried to trade up to two. I think he rolled the dice and stayed at three. I think if Carlson had fallen to Columbus at three, then Will Smith would have been the Blue Jackets' choice. Um, I think the Blue Jackets draft table almost had heart palpitations at the idea that Fantilli would fall to them. So do with that as you will. Christopher S. says, what do you think we need on this team to get Johnny Hockey to his flames level? Well, he's not. Honestly, I don't think he's far from it. What he needs is a playmaking centerman. Um, And he may be closer to getting that. Is that Fantilli? Don't know. Is that line A? Don't know. Um, yeah, I don't think there's a huge gap between where he was and where he is. Uh, but nobody scores 100 points in the NHL alone. So I think that's that's what's standing be- between him. Um, do we know if Babs got bought out? Well, there was a financial decision there. The club will not say what it is. I've heard, but have not been able to, to uh, confirm. Uh, Chris G says, I gave up Twitter. Good for you, Chris. What other social media are you on? Well, I'm on Instagram, but uh, despite my uh, better wishes, 
that's just never really done much for me. I don't know. Um, I'm on X by default. I keep hearing about Blue Sky and and the others. Uh, it could come to that. I'm not there yet. Um, but thanks for asking. Um, okay. Hey, thanks everybody for being here. Really appreciate it. Uh, to answer the question, um, I was so I asked if, if they request waivers for Dumay and Matechuk, and I got a no chance. And I then asked, did you request one or were you denied and was told rules are rules and agreements are agreements. And then I asked, did you ask? And there was no response. So don't expect a waiver exemption uh, for Dumais, Matechuk or any others within the Blue Jackets. Um, That's what it looks like from here. And honestly, as we've said, I think 15 times on this podcast today, I'm not sure it's the end of the world if they do go back to junior. Have a blast in Moose Jaw and Halifax, two great cities. Um, I loved Moose Jaw, and I'm I'm not joking. I had an absolute blast there last winter. Um, hey, thanks for listening. We're going to take off now. We went a full hour, over an hour. Well, we'll do it again next week, and we'll probably do it earlier in the week before the regular season starts, and we'll get your predictions for uh, the season. Vegas has them at 74 and a half points. Um, I say take the over, although it may not every may not look like that the whole the whole time all season. Uh, all the best. We'll talk to you all next week. Take care.